When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. It is Friday, and we're back with TGIF. We're here to spill the tea and break down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, get ready to sit up on this hot tea. Hopefully you have a drink with you, because I'm hoping my co-hosts do. Please welcome Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? Hey, what's going on, Claudia? Happy Friday. Friday. I know. (laughs) You're actually dressed in the color of what I would assume buttery Chardonnay would be the color. (laughs) You're right. And I am still <laughs> sipping on my favorite buttery Chardonnay. Thank you all the um, soulmates and TGI fans that have hit me up. I've tried to send you guys the one that I drink, but there are actually three or four, four, maybe even five options on the market. All right. And please welcome Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? What's going on, everybody? And you know what, Al, in the interest of securing multiple bags, you need to get an Amazon link, affiliate code, and send them your codes. You can get some little residual income for your hey see i didn't even know that existed thank you if the if that wine is accessible on amazon you can get an affiliate link and the people buy it through you because you always talk about it i mean you ain't gonna get rich but you know it'll be a little dinner money a little gas money a little little buttery chardonnay money okay yeah (laughs) yeah be the middle it's like so it's like you're like the middle person right yeah Okay. My friends do that, and they they talk about they make money decent. No, no, now there are people out there who do the Amazon stores and stuff that that that's their whole whatever, whatever, whatever. That's their whole income, um, you know. But I'm not passionate about that type of thing, mm-hmm. so I ain't gonna sit up and be trading products. I'm not I'm not no traveling gypsy. I might be a traveling whore, but I'm not a <laughs> the traveling pants. I'm not a traveling gypsy, honey. So <laughs> I think they say you can get like control of routes too, and rent the like you have the tr- you rent the trucks. There's like a lot of ways to make money in Amazon. A lot of ways you can make money with the Amazon and the codes and the online stores and stuff. Like I said, you got to be into that thing. Every time I begin to try to start another business, I'm like, Q, stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. I was about to buy a food truck uh, last year. And I was like, Q, this this is, what are you doing? Like, this is not you. The minute that food truck break down, you're going to tell Put you down to the bar. The you will. We're out of chicken. No, you gonna be sleep. You gonna be sleep with all the emergencies. Don't even do this. I'm like, don't do this to yourself. Like, stick to media mm-hmm. and communications. I was like, Q, you haven't even maximized your revenue potential with the career that you currently have. Do not go buy a food truck. Ain't that funny? I have, oh, that's a that's kind of a funny thing. I know we have to get to the topics, but Al, uh, either of you, any other businesses you like? thought about getting into then you're like what am i doing because we we were looking at food trucks before as well and also uh the trucking industry like i'm gonna really be owning the rigs and be doing all that it sounds good in theory because we look at instagram and everybody's doing all of these things but i'm just going to use my piece of advice that i give youtubers that ask me all the time if you're not passionate about it and you're not genuinely interested it's not going to work Mm-hmm. And that's the God honest truth because you have to work your business and passion is the only thing that keeps you going when money is not coming in. Passion. Mm-hmm. So my, my food truck could be closed the first week. $1,000. Al, any food trucks for you or anything like that for you? You've seen like uh, you're uh, already. So. All right. I have enough jobs already. I, I No, anything that requires daily where I have to maintain something, clean something, wash something, refuel something, probably is not going to work out for me because I'm too much of a control freak and me having to hire somebody to manage that entire process without stealing because that's the biggest thing. A lot of people who own stuff, when you hire people they end up taking from you because they they want to get rich too so anything where i can't keep my eye on the register and where the money's going is probably not a good idea for me all right there it is all right guys any plans for this weekend what y'all got planned 
Uh-uh, I'm chilling. My uh, cleaning lady finished my house yesterday. Um, and so my house, from top to bottom, every square foot looked like Sandals Resort in Bermuda. <laughs> and I am finna find my sexiest piece of underwear and the biggest bottle of Tito's vodka and the biggest edible I can find. And I am going to be on Mars, Pluto, and Jupiter all weekend in my house. Mm-hmm. Al, what you got? Uh, well, you know, I'm heading down south to good old North Carolina A&T University. Go Aggies. My mother is an alumni there. She was also a student athlete there. She ran track. And my nephew just recently graduated from there. I'm going to their homecoming this weekend. And if there are any Aggie fans in that are soulmates or TGIF fans, you know what this weekend is about to be. See you guys tonight down at, uh, oh, Lord, where's the place you get the slushy drinks? that have alcohol in it. It's in Atlanta. It's a, ah, Fat Tuesdays, Wet Willie. Fat Tuesdays, Fat Tuesdays. Yeah. Okay. See you guys, see everybody at Fat Tuesdays because they rope it out, they make it a big area and a parking lot where you can dance and have a lot of fun. All right. Well, I had friends giving in my house yesterday. So eating leftover Thanksgiving, you know, early Thanksgiving and going to a big R&B concert. There's a bunch of people in town, Tang, Tyrese, Genuine, a bunch of those people. So that should be fun. Me and my girls having a fun night on Saturday night. And I'm going back to the casino and I'm going to give y'all a story on Monday. Mm. Okay, let's get to the show. Earlier this week, we talked about former NBA player Joe Smith's disgust towards finding out about his wife's OnlyFans page. Well, according to a recent interview with TMZ Sports, his wife emotionally revealed that Joe threw up the deuces and left home due to her starting an OnlyFans page. Are y'all surprised, Al? Well, you know what? There are rumors and, and quite quite credible rumors that this is a skit. Did you guys find out if this was a skit or lot? There's a number of sources that are saying that it's a skit, that people know the homes that they live in. It's not the homes that they're showing. It's definitely not a $133,000 home. And it also didn't seem right to me that they only make $26,000 a year between the two of them. I think her numbers and her math wasn't mathing to make this all make sense because he was the number one draft pick. We understand that the NBA NBA has an incredible retirement plan. Um, so I, I'm questioning whether it is a skit or not. If it's a skit, great job, young lady. Great job on getting um, eyes and views onto your OnlyFans page. But it's, it's something about people making up skits to promote stuff now that does not settle well with me. And I, and, and I know it's all fun and I know it's all games, but it just seems to take away from real stories and to me in a way you're playing on our emotions and that's not cool. Now, if this is not a skit, my opinion is, you know, this is what black women do all the time. Black women make a way out of no way. They make sure their kids eat. They make sure their house lights stay on. They make sure that they have a roof over their head. And if this is what she has to do because her husband is in some type of depressive state and is not able to add to the household, then I say go for it. He knew what he got when he married her. She was an adult entertainer. And as quiet as it's kept, another part of the story, which was really weird, was his mistress is the one who told that he that she, the wife, had an OnlyFans page. And the wife says the OnlyFans page has been up for more than a year. A lot going on in this story. But if it's to if it's for survival, thumbs up. If it's a skit, Excellent job on marketing your OnlyFans page, but I do feel like you manipulated me a little bit, and that doesn't feel good. To me, that's the real tea. Your mistress is the one that told you about your wife's OnlyFans page because uh, it's on her Instagram, and you have not looked at her page. So right. I, I think it's some neglect <laughs> and on her there. LinkedIn, and on her LinkedIn. You, yeah. Y'all live in the same house, so you making little... Little, little sex videos by jerking, uh, playing with yourself, masturbation videos in your husband's home. They probably ain't even been together in a minute. They probably married on paper. And she's like, look, we broke. You ain't got no money anymore. So I got to do this. Q, what you think about this? You think she, they, they've been separated? If this isn't a skit, again, if. If it isn't, uh, ooh, you know, this story is given a lot because it's given we together and I'm all right with him having a girlfriend on the side. Like right. when she started talking about, you know, his other little thing trying to drive a wedge in our relationship. The first question I would have is forget the OnlyFans, mama. Why are you still there? You let him leave you over OnlyFans, but why didn't you leave him over the girlfriend, especially 
when you're at the point where you got to go back to work, you ain't even benefiting with being a man, with the, with the man. So you mean to tell me you're getting cheated on and you ain't getting broke off? You a special kind of fool. However, <laughs> my spirit is telling me that these two are in cahoots. Yes. My spirit is telling me that his attitude, because you, you remember she kept saying, I don't see what the problem is. I'm doing it by myself. At the point in which she's already a porn star, everybody has seen her hoo-ha and can still access her hoo-ha. I can see her man be, I can see him being like, I'm all right with it long as it ain't nobody else because he's not losing anything. Right. Whether you see a 10-year picture of that coochie or a 10-day-old picture of that coochie, we don't see that coochie, okay? And it's he's not losing anything. I think these two are in cahoots. I do think they may be having some money problems, but I think that they are leveraging her ability and his celebrity and, and making it do what it do. And it worked. Yeah, if you look at the video, right? Like if you look at the video when they first saw their argument, it looked like he was making a video in the back. He was talking about his, oh, I'm finding out about you. And then gets mad that she has a camera on too. If we go back and look at the video, it looked like he's talking to someone about it too first. So I don't know. I don't want to throw no salt in that sister game, but I'm going to tell y'all the OnlyFans hustle because, bitch, I had to audit my bank statement and I was like, uh-huh, there's too many 1699s coming out of here. Let me find out what all the hell going on. <laughs> all you got to do is Google their name and then put OF behind it and you'll get it all free. You'll get the Google images or you'll get it through a Pornhub or an X Hamster or a My Vista link. Stop paying for these people OnlyFans. Google Claudia Jordan OnlyFans <laughs> and it'll come up. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't find hers. I couldn't find I couldn't find this young lady's OnlyFans. You know, I tried. Give it a couple so of days. If y'all if y'all if y'all find out, you know, put it in the chat or something. Give it a couple of days. See. Full disclosure, when I was on The Breakfast Club, Charlamagne made me start an OnlyFans and he said I should make money off feet videos, which I never uploaded anything because he said there's a bunch of freaks out there that would pay even to see toes with some scars on them. So I might still resort to that before y'all judge me. I'm letting y'all know right now so y'all can't, as Funky says, spray me with my own tea. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter, Bernice King, is calling out Amy Schumer for tweeting a video of her father supporting Israel and denouncing anti-Semitism. Bernice tweeted, Amy, certainly. My father was against anti-Semitism, as am I. And she added, I am certain he would have called for Israel's bombing of Palestinians to cease for hostages to be released uh, funky, let's go to you first. What are your thoughts on this? And they love, don't they love white people love using Martin Luther King Jr. when they need to to try to justify things. You know, it is so weird that, that this story came up because yesterday I did a YouTube video where I asked, what do American Jewish people expect of the rest of us? And you guys, are, I, I let it all hang out there in ways I can't let it all hang out here. But I don't appreciate um, Amy Schumer leveraging Martin Luther King um, for this, because what it feels like to me is a dog whistle. Like I mentioned in that video I did about what they expect from us. You, it seems to me like you're expecting an outcry from black America to get in this. And, and in that same video, I talked about, you know, where the hell were y'all? And I'm not saying that some didn't support, but where was the Jewish community as a collective during Black Lives Matter. And before any Jewish American says any damn thing to me or anybody that's African-American in this country about posting anything pro-Israel, anything, number one, this ain't our fight. This ain't got nothing to do with us. And it's giving me all lives matter. This is giving me an all lives matter situation. I care about the people in Gaza. I care about the Palestinians. I care about the Israel, the Israel people too. I don't know enough about it. It ain't my history, my culture, my people, my clan, or my religion. So I'm staying out of it. I'm praying for both sides and all lives matter. Al, what do you think? Ooh, it's a lot going on right here. Um, I can agree with 80% of what Q is saying. Some of the stuff I'm just going to push back on. Now, we cannot deny that during Martin Luther King, during civil rights, most of the attorneys that defended us, that got us out of jail and supported us were Jewish American. Uh, we simply cannot deny that. We know that they have a history of supporting civil rights. They have a history of supporting Martin Luther King. So I will not take that from them. What I will take, though, 
is this was offensive to me. Amy Schumer's comments in bringing Martin Luther King into this was offensive to his legacy because she's not taking into account the full context of the crisis. And when you don't take into account the full context of the crisis, it seems performative and it's freaking lazy. And wait a second, let's really talk about it because I still ain't getting over Ms. Schumer for trying to drag Will Smith, Monique, and Dave Chappelle. So don't come pulling on Martin Luther King when you need a little bit of support after you drag some of our major celebs on their stance. So don't pull Martin Luther King to support you on your stance. And I was very happy to see that Miss Bernice King stepped into the conversations, baby. And she said, let me tell you something. A, she did the most respectful thing and said, you're not gonna use my daddy like that. That's what she was really saying. Because what she was saying, she gave her credit for the anti-Semitism, but what she also said was that in the true context of who my father is, he does not support violence and war period, end of story, and don't ever get it confused. Right. She tried to make it seem like, you know, he would just solely be with Israel on this and be against right. Palestinians. And that's absolutely 1000% false. I mean, the average 10 year old that studied him slightly in school would know who heard his stories. Um, I'm really getting frustrated with this whole situation with how the pressure that is being put on people to blindly just say everything that Israel is doing is correct, while everything that Palestinians are doing is wrong. And it's very um, misleading because it's not the Palestinian people that we should that should be suffering the most casualties, which they are suffering the majority of the casualties. You're rarely seeing members of Hamas, which are the extremist terrorist group, and then the excuse is, well, they're hiding amongst the refugee camp. They're in the tunnels underneath the hospital. So we got to bomb the hospital. We have to bomb this apartment complex that we know has no stairs and has tons of elderly and little kids up in there because we think Hamas is hiding amongst them. Hamas is using the average person as a shield. Hamas, I'm sure, is doing a lot of foul stuff. But I'm not going to give the Israeli army a pass and say that you're not. And this, you know, two wrongs make a right thing is not correct because all the victims I'm seeing being pulled out of the rubble don't seem to be members of Hamas. They seem to be civilians. And someone asked a question on one of the news programs the other day. They said, if Hamas was hiding amongst Israel, Israeli uh, civilians, would you have the same tactics that you have now? And they get all, uh, 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 no, we would not. Why? Because to you, the lives of the Israeli civilians matter more and the lives of the Palestinians matter to you at none at all. So yes, we are giving an all lives matter to this one right now because shouldn't all lives matter in this all lives, All lives matter. Miss me with that. Uh, show me the, the terrorist bodies and I can support. I haven't seen any. I've seen none. I've seen a lot of babies with le missing legs though and their brains blown out. I just think there's it's, there's a lot of war crimes being committed right now. So don't don't two wrongs make a right me because they don't. And propaganda spreading, might I add. Yeah. And then and then threatening any celebrity that dares to have any empathy to seeing a Palestinian civilian civilian being harmed. I'm always going to have sympathy for the oppressed. Not the terrorists, but the oppressed. And you know who they are. Let's quit playing like we dumb, because we're not. All right, coming up next, the slums of Florida are calling for our commentary. And later, find out why Shankola Robinson's family is filing a civil lawsuit. Stick around. Welcome back to TGIF. Before we went to break, we were talking about the uh, the conflict going on in Israel and Gaza. I just want to say this uh, because I don't want you to feel like it's, I want to give props where props are due. Um, I will say there's been a lot of uh, Jewish folks uh, protesting in the streets that they do not approve of the innocent people that are getting injured, the, the civilians and the kids getting injured. And I got to give them props for that because I know there's a lot of intimidation going on right now and people are very upset about this on both sides, right? So I just want to say the ones that are brave enough to do that and to have empathy for the innocent. Again, it's a, the innocent bystanders that are that have nothing that have nothing to do with the terrorism. 
I salute you for doing that because I know it's difficult and you're probably being attacked in your community as well. So I just want to say that. All right, y'all, let's get into some mess. Whether good, bad, ugly, or just plain dumb, the tea is always overflowing. Those crazy news stories out of the state of Florida. That's why we're giving you the 411 in What the Florida. Funky, do you think you have what it takes to be a Florida man, like in one of our stories? You know what? No, because I told you I'm not from Florida. I'm from Miami, and I don't claim them. And, and especially not the Florida men that be in these stories. But I will defend my distant, 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 distant family when the situation calls for it. Well, get your newly operated feet together because there's a competition on the horizon that will feature local Floridians who will participate in a series of games involving guns, drugs, booze, and reptiles in hopes of being crowned Florida man, there's a whole competition to be, I guess, Mr. Florida. Like, who's the most Florida of the Floridians? What is your take on this competition? And can you see yourself? I, I know the answer to this, but would you ever give it a try? That would be so funny. Um, trigger alert. I am about to say the most politically incorrect thing. In I already know where you're going with this. Go ahead. Four, three, two, one. This is some white people, redneck. <laughs> and this completely represents Florida north of Palm Beach up until Orlando. <laughs> Orlando and Tampa is safe. And then from there up to southern Georgia and all <laughs> up in the panhandle. That's them Floridians. They Floridians like this and not like this. Okay. That ain't us Floridians. Absolutely not. But I will say from what I know. Of those types of Florida people, this is right on brand. <laughs> I would watch this on ESPN 7 or something like that. The Ocha, one of those channels. Uh, Al, what do you think about this coming? Are you here for it? Yeah, I'm, I'm like you on this one. This should definitely be the white man games. And you know what's so interesting? I did a little bit of research. You know, Donald Trump, there are about 15 million white Americans that live in uh, Florida, the state of Florida. And he was able to get over 30% of those individuals to vote for him when he was elected. And if you think about it, if they get the same Trump demo, because this seems like a Donald Trump demo, to support these games at minimum, because we know there are 20 million people in the state of Florida, or 18 million, 20 million. If you get a third of them to participate in this with the tickets selling for $45 a ticket, a third of all them hillbillies, it's $225 million enterprise here. This guy's on to something. This is a little cash cow. You know, Claudia, you're like a little entrepreneur yourself now into production, selling concerts. So you know it's about how many tickets you sell and how many butts you put in the seat. If he is just a third successful, he's looking at a $225 million enterprise. Dude, I need to come down there and sell some ashtrays, some cigarettes, some coolers. Tobacco, snuff, <laughs> all of beer. it. Uh, Mountain Dew, they love Mountain Dew. Mountain yes. Dew, Trump size. You know what, quite as that's the one time I might uh, be a damn a Clarence Thomas. Cause when it comes to money, I might go down there and sell me some vote for Trump shirts and some Candace Owen with my Candace Owen uh, attitude. Yeah. Q, my friends are talking Q, about doing Q, business like Q. that. Oh, I'm sorry. Q, mm -hmm. in Florida, because in, in California, you're not allowed to sell Newport cigarettes. Can you buy Newport cigarettes in Florida? Because if not, y'all, we need to be taking our Newport cigarettes down to this big oh, ass event. Yeah, yeah, Newport is the official brand of Florida. That's for white and black people. Okay, got it. So they, they do allow, uh, what is that? Newport. Mm -hmm. Hey, co-host, we might need to put a little bit of money together, hire some <laughs> white people, or oh, we can go on white face. And we can set up a little booth and we can document this. And this could be a whole Netflix documentary. And then at the end, we could be like, surprise! surprise! <laughs> Why are you playing? I would put money up for that. Okay. We might need to talk about this. All right. A Florida man has been arrested for stealing $1.6 million worth of liquor from a warehouse in Hillsbury County. Deputies reported that a group of suspects committed the act by using at least two semi-trailers to store the stolen alcohol. I mean, we might need one of them trucks for what we're trying to pull off. But 
And see, that's the type of people we going after. That, that's the demo right there. That's that's their demo right there. Mm. But well, yeah. speaking of speaking of of your people, they're from Miami. So this is a Miami crew that went up to Tampa to steal the alcohol. Now, something about this story just don't make any sense. You're at a distribution center with millions and millions and millions of dollars of liquor. Why did they only take like one point five million dollars worth of liquor when well, they now, had? Because the you don't get greedy. You know the rule. You hit the lick and you hit it one time. You don't hear Q's advice. <laughs> but some some something in this story, I'm telling you guys, as they start to dig this up and find that woman, because they're looking for this woman. Once they dig this story up and we get the full story, I think something else was going on here. I think somebody owed them some money. They didn't have any money, so they took this folks liquor. Well, Al, and to your point too about the 1.5, I mean, they only had two semi-trucks. How how much? 1.5 million is a lot of bottles, so maybe it had to do about truck capacity. Maybe they couldn't get any more. Because you're right. If I'm in the vault, I'm not just going to stay. I'm going to try to get as much as I can get in my bag. Right, I'm and I'm going to get the most expensive liquor. I'm going to get the most expensive because you can't get full price in the in the black market, right? Well, here's the other thing too, Al. In theory, you get the most expensive, but when you're doing a heist, you're getting the easily, the most easily accessible. So if it's the smeared off at the front of the loading dock, then we finna take all these pallets, you know. <laughs> if it happens to be the Don Perignon, then we gonna take the Don Perignon, but you get what you can get when you in a heist. girl, if I'm gonna go to jail, I'm gonna go straight for the high well, price liquor, sure, so I ain't gotta work sure so hard. hard. You damn sure gonna go if you're running around the damn warehouse looking. I mean, you right. You know, I dumb. You know, I'm dumb. Oh, yeah, what you say? I, I think. I think. Well, if I'm stealing, okay. If I'm a Florida person, first of all, my market, who I think I'm gonna be selling to, is gonna be the people that go to like NASCAR and all that. So I'm probably gonna go for the cheap stuff. I'm probably gonna go for the beers and the in in the the fireball kind of stuff. So. I'm going to go for what I can load off. So. Now, to, I see the little shade you're trying to throw talking about. They, they, they Miami people, you absolutely right, because this was a very highly intellectual enterprise. Oh, boy, cut it out. That's get off my Miami line. Miami people, we <laughs> educated. We got money. We organized. With boy, get off my line. Get off my line. That's why they got away. We got away. That's why they got caught in two days, because they were so sophisticated. Who well, are you, you going to sell it to? Who are you going to sell it to? The club. The okay, club. the clubs, but you still you still got to beat the price at the club place, which is a wholesale price. So you're you're I don't no, know. No, we need these people for our business. We're gonna go to that Trump rally thing or that that Mr. Florida competition. We're gonna buy some of this stolen liquor, allegedly. Just kidding, whatever. And then we're gonna sell it back. They ain't gonna know if we we where we got our liquor from. They ain't gonna know it's hot. Uh, uh y'all got me working too hard, and I will not fit well. In I'll prison. do it. I'm not doing it. I'll do it. And y'all can see me in another Bentley and be mad. That's okay. I'll do it. All right. Switching gears. This next story is receiving mixed reviews on social media. A 17-year-old black student is facing 30 years behind bars after attacking a white teacher and knocking her unconscious when she was uh, when she confiscated his video game. Now, the student, who is autistic, pleaded guilty to felony assault. What are your thoughts on this story? Al, let's go to you first on this one. So I have to be honest with you, the headline, the way this reads, the way the news and media is covering it, it's not comfortable for me. All right. We understand you're covering the fact that a six, six black male attacked a white woman. I don't even like it. First of all, he's autistic. This cow, this child has a has a developmental disability and the news reporting should be reported as such. Now, we do know that he does have three prior battery charges. Okay, I will give you that. But he still has a developmental disability. And as we know with autism kids, aggression is a part of the disability. So he will always be an aggressor, right? He has a history of aggression. To me, the mental health uh, facility itself in America and the criminal justice system, this is an impasse that should not be in the same conversation as far as I'm concerned. You know, when they white and they, they shoot up a whole school, they don't be getting sentences this long. Right. They don't. They'd be like, oh, well, his daddy and mom got divorced when he was eight and he didn't get a car when he was 16 like the rest. So he felt less than. So he, he mentally, he, he, you know, we have to look at his upbringing. Man, get out of here with all that. 
double standard nonsense because he's six six and black. You think he's this big, strong black, right. you know, just just predator. He's autistic. Q, what you think about this? You know, I want to take this moment. They ought to be ashamed of themselves because the headline in the New York Post reads hulking Florida teen. And mm -hmm. then when you read the article, it says hulking Florida teen. Then it goes on, 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 on. And the article should lead with autistic 17 year old exactly. woman. There should be his size, color, weight, socioeconomic status, and, and the rest of it is non-germane to the story. Now, granted, his size may be a factor in the injuries that she, you know, withstood. However, this article would not read this way if he was 5'5 five, five and white and the same behavior occurred. This is not a black issue. This is not a 6'6 six, six issue. This is a mental disability and in teen issue, point blank, period. Now, like Al said, I'll give you the three priors, you know what I'm saying, which suggests he got a damn problem and a really bad one. And you know what? He may not be fit to be in society. But to Al's point, that also falls on the education system and the mental health system in America. This boy is now facing anywhere from probation to 30 years. Yes, he needs to be punished, but he needs to be serviced more so than he needs to be incarcerated. And I don't know what that service looks like, but he needs to be serviced. I mean, the right. three priors tells me that someone fails along the way three right. other times. Mm -hmm. Three other times, like this guy, sh this child, let's call, call him what he is, right? Because I just messed. This child should have been dealt with after the first offense. He should have put in a special, pro there's programs, there's places for kids that are like this. My brother teaches children well, with emotional issues. He did that in Baltimore with kids that the last step for them before they would go to jail would be to be with a teacher like him that understands what he's dealing with. And if you just have this kid amongst everybody else, I understand how he might be triggered by things. Mm -hmm. What do you expect? Someone with three pies, let's throw them into regular situations without any special care. Oh my God, we're so shocked that he did this. He's done it three other times. This guy has a, this kid has a problem. And I am so sick and tired of the media. It could be a nine-year-old black boy. They will, may will make note of how muscular he is and call him a man. They've been doing that to us in slavery making young black kids seem like strong grown adults. They've done it. They love doing this to black kids and it's got to stop. All right. Coming up next, find out why Shankola Robinson's family is filing a civil lawsuit and later Erica Menace victim spree campaign continues. Keep it locked. Welcome back to TGIF. Shout out to all the soulmates in the chat. Please continue to hit that like button and keep those comments coming. All right, y'all, the family of Shankwella Robinson is filing a civil lawsuit against the six people who prevented the investigation into Shankwella's death. Now, three of the six people named in the civil suit lied by omission by not telling the authorities that someone beat Shankwella. Shankwella's father said the six friends who traveled with Shankwella to Mexico told the family that she died from alcohol poisoning. However, an autopsy later proved that Shanquella died from severe spinal cord injury. What are your thoughts on the civil lawsuit? Q, let's go to you first on this one. Um, the insensitivity alert. I feel like it's a waste of time. Um, they're not a corporation. They don't have insurance. They're children. Um, at best, it's going to be symbolic. You can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. Um, they don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they literally don't have anything. I think that they will probably be successful uh, in getting a verdict. And and I've never lost a child. And so just maybe getting some form of you're guilty in the court may put their minds at ease and help them sleep a little easier at night. And if that's the case, I support it. But as somebody from the outside looking in, just looking at the math, and looking at the income of people in that age bracket, it feels to me like a waste of time because you're not going to get anything. All right. Al, what do you think? Uh, I would think a little bit differently, Q. In, in my mind, I think you have to put the pressure on these six individuals because you want the truth. 
And by suing them, you're, you're bringing them to the court system and you're saying, listen, damn it, I need answers. I need answers from all of you and I need the truth because I need to take this truth and I need to reformulate my case. I need to know, do I go after the hotel? Do I go after security? Do I have to go after the main person that killed? Do I need to go after the accessories? This is smart at best because this will make everyone come to the table and reveal all sources and knowledge in order for them to do a better job of prosecution. In my head, that's how I process things. Because right now, everyone's staying on the same page and we're not getting anywhere. This family is hurt, a life was taken, and somebody has got to help them get some type of solemn to this horrific uh, murder that was committed in Mexico. And I will say this, uh, civil cases, the burden of proof is a lot lower. It's a lot easier to get a a judgment in your favor with the civil suit. Oh, I'll say this then, if what Al is saying is correct, I will acknowledge and amend my statement that my statement was a little short-sighted. I was just looking at the, oh, we want the some money side. Yeah, that makes sense. No, what you what you <laughs> said makes sense. The tactic, if that is the tactic, then I get it. But if right. it was to just get money, I was like, well, you ain't gonna get nothing. But what you said makes a lot of sense. All right, so moving on. Erica Mena, she's been out there, you know, making her rounds and uh, justifying her intentions behind calling Blue Spice. I'm sorry, calling Spice a blue monkey. See how easy it is? Oh. I don't messed up. All right, on a recent episode of Carlos King's Reality with the King, Erica was asked about her past racial insults towards Black people and replied, and that's why I'm like, bleep, because it just so happens to be a coincidence that it is but I've definitely called my sis sister a monkey before. It's a word that I use to insult someone or be playful, never with the intention of being racial or that. Uh, any thoughts on her comments, Al? I said we were supposed to be practicing <laughs> better language. Sorry, she is full of it. First of all, let me address this first. I, uh, Carlos King, we love you here at TGIF. We know that you sit in for us. We we support you in every way. You, Whenever we call you, you're there for us. But why in the heck did you sit down with Erica Mena in the first place? First of all, Carlos, you are a producer. You have been in these situations and you've helped produce these types of this type of content before. Why did you lend her platform? Why did you lend your platform for her to continue this conversation? That's not making any sense. I'm I, I, I'm more upset about that than anything else. Erica Mena thinks she's being smart, but she's not. If you read the comments, this this interview sank her even more. Woman, apologize. You trying to jump on this narrative that it's production's fault. You've been part of production for 11 years. You've got paid off of this production style for 11 years. Cut it out. They they created the content. You gave the content. Production looks at the content. They're not seeing what you did at that moment. They go back just like in any other cutting room, and they go through all of the footage to see what they can put together as a show. And Carlos King, you've done this, and you do this at the highest level as far as I'm concerned. And that's when they created this narrative which really did blow up and create a lot of talk around that season of the show which is what they're supposed to do stop hiding behind your ignorance of racism stand up to the fact that you are disrespectful to black women and calling them monkeys there's a racial bias to this that's historic and for you to continue to ignore it is really offensive to every black person alive i don't like it you need to go away for a year and figure it out all right. Funky, what do you think? Uh, you know, Al, Al chewed up a lot of it. You know, after finding out what Erica Mena's racial history was and, and her repeated abuse of using racial slurs, everything that is happening to Erica is 100% her fault and she deserves and she needs to stop trying to put some of the responsibility on production. Period, hard stop, let's close that book. Now let's take Erica Mena out of the situation for one moment and our negative feelings about Erica. Erica could have been Claudia, Erica could have been a white woman, Erica could have been anybody. To Erica's point, if I was the S&P people over any production, I don't care what it was, 
And I'm looking at the footage and one of our people said something bad racially that can get us in trouble with the advertisers or the general viewing public. To Erica's point, it shouldn't have never made air, in my opinion. Now, a lot of people are like, you know, fuck it, I need an F that. You know, we deserve to know it should have and she deserved everything she gets. I agree. But I'm just looking at the business part and not in defense of Erica. I'm not defending Erica and abandoning black women. I'm just saying that I personally feel, regardless of Erica saying this, I still don't understand, much like her, why this made air. I think, Funky, I, 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 could, I could rock with you if it wasn't her first defense. I could rock with you if the, no, if the company I didn't did. sit down, if the company didn't sit down and try to have a conversation. Why would they before. let it air? I'm talking about the trouble they could have gotten into. Why would they let it air? I'm not, I don't care about Erica. She oh, getting, okay. I think well, look at our show. When we when we mess up and we say something, they, we will get checked by S&P right away, right? Like a or something to protect the brand. I get what you're saying. That's where I'm going with it. And I don't want you, don't I'm not defending getting everything she deserves but somebody in their legal department needs to be fired y'all y'all potentially sank the whole show and could have had all the advertisers pull out because of the backlash of something that you could have caught in the editing room see i didn't catch it i didn't i see this is this is wonderful to have these type of discussions because i didn't process it like that how i processed it was that that you know obviously this was controversial this was going to get a lot of attention and then you could pivot it into like a, a moment like they tried to have a panel which we know that fell short but i i really did not view this as a failure on production side i did not view it as a failure on vh1 side and i didn't view it as a failure on monomy um they always have very tough conversations they always have very edgy stuff that makes you cringy at best they always like teetered that line and i just felt like this was a part of that and it was a conversation that needed to be had because we keep sweeping this underneath the rug guys sorry you know i, I want to comment on this but we're gonna take a quick commercial break so we'll take a quick break i'm gonna make my comments on this, and we'll go on with the show we'll be right back Welcome back to TGIF. Before we went to break, we were talking about the whole Erica Mena thing. And, you know, she's making multiple appearances talking about, you know, the blue monkey comment. And we're discussing where the fault lies. Is it with the network? Is it her? I think it's a combination of everybody, actually, because here go these networks that profit immensely off of this rat, this ratchet and toxic behavior from the entire cast. There's an argument to be made that they encourage it. And you can't act like producers are not in on it. They 1000% do. We all know this. We've all been on reality show sets. Um, I think it's multi-level, right? I think with her, her saying that this is not my first time. It's my third time. Uh, hello. I have a friend that's Puerto Rican, right? She's the N-word around me. One time I checked that crap immediately. She never did it again. So your circle fails you right there. And then the network, they let that stuff go on the air. And 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 then you have to take personal accountability, Erica. At this point, listen, you got to say, yes, I did it. I am sorry. And I'll never do it again and move on. And I bet you this will go away a lot faster than the apology tour because people don't accept apologies anymore. Like They don't, I'm mean, sorry, they don't accept like, making excuses, but they will accept being humble. I've messed up. I won't do it again. Change behavior. That's my, that's what I think. All right, moving on. Fellas and soulmates, would y'all be cool with their significant other going to a barber shop with strippers? How, how do you feel about that? Yes or no? Uh, I'll say this. If you let your significant other go to the strip club with their friends, what the hell is the difference? You know what I'm saying? So the, the question is, shouldn't be about the barber shop. Are you comfortable with your significant other going to the strip club? Okay. All right. Uh, well, for those of you who are cool with it, you're in for a special treat after a barbershop in Tampa, Florida, open its doors to strippers and haircuts. In the viral video, you can see barbers cutting hair while customers are making it rain on strippers. Are y'all here to see these shenanigans? Al, what do you think about this? Nope, nope, not here for it. Listen, young man, awesome job. Great marketing tactic. You know black men are gonna always wanna see some booty shaking and some, some naked women. Awesome job. Awesome getting your business out there. Awesome for even sharing. They dropped their, their second location 
Awesome, 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 awesome. Everybody knows about you now. But listen, for me, growing up, my experience with barbershops are they're like sanctuaries to me. It's a place where black men can be vulnerable and discuss issues that affect them every day. It's a place where the old and young trade stories and jokes. They play cards, they play dominoes, they exchange local church stories, gossip in the community, and they help each other solve their life problems. That's what I'm used to barbershops doing. That's what barbershops offer and, and do in black communities. They help black men do better. This to me robs us of that experience. This for me takes us from that. And that part I don't like. Excellent job on marketing, excellent job on getting your business out there, but please, 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 please let the barbershop do what it does. It is the unspoken leader of the community in ways that you will ever know, that you will never know unless you are a black man. <laughs> Al, we ain't got time for me to push back about the whole church thing in the barbershop, but okay, if you say it happens like that, all right. You have never been to a barbershop. You're not a black man. I think like you share with me, sometimes there are things you don't know a lot about. This one you might not know a lot about. Okay, Al. Coming up, we're celebrating 50 years of hip-hop. Stay close and get your church on in barbershops. Oh, no. Welcome back. Now, in honor of 50 years of hip-hop, we are going to celebrate by guessing random trivia questions in a fun game of hip-hop trivia. <laughs> okay y'all ready yeah okay. yes thanks cue the music first up what city is considered the birthplace of hip-hop brooklyn new york baltimore maryland bronx new york t bronx new york i was gonna say brooklyn the answer is the Bronx, New York. Al got a music question right over me. Oh, Lord. All right. <laughs> Who is known as the notorious B.I.G.? Deshaun Williams, Christopher Wallace, Patrick Johnson. Christopher Wallace, number Christopher B. Wallace. Letter B, that's right. Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, all right. Who was the first solo female rapper to release an album with major distribution? A, MC Light, B, Queen Latifah, C, Roxanne Shantae. C, Roxanne, Roxanne. Al? Oh, I have no idea, but I, I'm gonna say Queen Latifah, maybe? I think it was MC Light. Uh, oh, there we go, MC yeah, Light. both got it wrong, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, girl. All right, who is often referred to the queen of hip hop soul? A, Monica, B, Keisha Cole, or C, Mary J. Blige? C, Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Yeah, definitely. All right. Who was the first rapper to win the Pulitzer Prize for music? A, Kendrick Lamar, B, LL Cool J, C, J. Cole. I think it's J. Cole. No. I'm going to say J. Cole. A, Kendrick Lamar. It's one of those two. Answer is... Kendrick Lamar. All okay, right. you got it. All right, what was the first rap group to appear on the cover of Rolling Stone? A, BC Boys, B, Run DMC, C, Public Enemy. Damn, I'm torn between B and C, and they both are like brother and sister group. I'm gonna say Public Enemy. I'm gonna say BC Boys. I'll go with Run DMC. Hey. Hey. All right, All right. Who made history as hip hop's first billionaire artist? Jay Z, Kanye West, or Dr. Dre? Hey, Jay Z. I'm going with Dr. Dre, but I don't think it's me. Really, Dr. I think Dre, no. but I think that was because he did the Apple deal. I'm gonna say hip hop artist. I'm gonna say Jay Z. Jay Z. All right. That was lots of fun. Okay. And for the soulmates that support DoorDash and Uber Eats, this next story is for you. We still got the hip hop going in the background. Okay. DoorDash is warning its customers that if you do not tip, 
You may face longer delivery times, which can result in food getting cold. Uh, that will be delivered to your front door. Now, pop the pop-up messages states, orders with no tip might take longer to get delivered. Are you sure you want to continue? Funky, I'm going to you first on this one. What are your thoughts? I, I want to tell you something, right? Before y'all get outraged, because a lot of y'all are just so quick to respond, this is not new. And you have already been operating on DoorDash under this system, whether you know it or not. You can go on TikTok right now and look at videos that date back for years. There's one in particular, there's a McDonald's video of all these McDonald's orders that are stacked up on the window. And it's the DoorDasher with the camera saying, these are all the DoorDash orders where nobody tipped, and this is why they are sitting up there. This is not a DoorDash thing. It's a psychological thing of the drivers. They are able to look at the assignment before they accept it, and rightfully so. If I'm not going to make a tip on an order, or if the tip looks little, why in the hell am I going to accept it? So again, this is not new. Y'all have already been operating under this way of doing business. You just didn't know it. Right. Al? <laughs> no more buttery Chardonnay for me on a Friday. I am just, I hate this crap. This is corporate manipulation at its finest. I don't care if it's been going on forever. I don't need to know it. The fact that DoorDash now is, is pitting the consumer against the dasher that is absolutely poor business. That's that's not corporate responsibility at its finest at all. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take you off of my freaking um, app. You're no longer going to be an app choice for me because this is not fair. This is corporate manipulation at its finest. All right, real quick. We covered so many crazy stories this week. We'd like to end our show by handing out an award to a person who exemplifies pure delusion. And this is our teabag of the week. Our teabag of the week goes to DJ Academics. What do you have to say about our honorary teabag of the week? We got 27 seconds. He came in, he messed with a uh, he messed with a sissy and got red down to the ground because we what do not play. Mm, Al. I hey, wrong one. I think he needed his karma a long time ago, but I don't think he should have been threatened with being penetrated and raped. <laughs> okay. I want to thank my co-host Al Reynolds of Funky Dineva. Thank you for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for Street Flavor. We'll see you next week. Good night, soulmates. <laughs>